Thank you so much. Thank you, uh, musicians. You do a great job in leading us every week in our time of worship. If you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians chapter 4 we'll be looking at in just a few minutes, in particular verses 17 and 18. Colossians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. Paul says, tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be to you. Archippus is mentioned in two different places in Philemon. Paul's letter to Philemon, who happens to be Archippus' father. And it was in his home, Philemon's home, and where Archippus was also a, a part of that church, is where they met at the church in Colossae. And so he writes this letter to the churches at Colossians, mentions Archippus in this letter, and then we turn and find in Philemon that he's actually Philemon's son and was a very much of a part of the work there. A young man. Paul writes to him as a young believer or a young servant in the church, one who is, who's been working and he knows that sometimes people will get discouraged. And so he writes this in this letter to the church at Colossae to tell Philemon, or tell, excuse me, Archippus, Philemon's son, Philemon's son, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. How seriously do you take a ministry that you have been asked to serve in? How seriously do you take any ministry that you're a part of that ministry and have even been asked to lead that ministry? How serious have you taken that? How seriously have you taken that in the days past? As we look, and I'll be very, I'm being very frank with you, very open, and, and I take responsibility as much as I take leadership at this time to make some corrections. But we have allowed our ministry teams to become almost non-functional. We've allowed our ministry teams to just sort of go by the wayside. And I've mentioned this earlier in our study, in our series, on getting ready for our ministry fair, getting ready for our ministry teams to be revamped up again and encouraging them. And we planned on a meeting this afternoon. It just is not a good time to have it and... Uh, so many of our folks are not here this morning that are supposed to be a part of a ministry team in that leadership role. And so we're going to reschedule that because it is imperative, absolutely imperative, that the members of that ministry team, and maybe I should say in particular the leadership, because we don't have so many members on leadership teams yet, as we have uh, the leaders have been chosen for most of our ministry teams. I don't know how seriously folks take it. Sometimes I really question that as to how seriously folks take, yes, I'll do it. I'll, I'll be the leader of that ministry team. I'll, I'll be a part of that. 
For we have seen through the years that many times nothing's ever done. Many times nothing's ever accomplished. There's never any ministry team meetings. There are not any ministry team gatherings and work going on. And what we've seen through the years is our church has become less and less involved in ministry, both in the church and outside of the church, and we wonder where folks are. are. The old adage says they go out the back door as soon as they come in the front door. But that seems to be an accusatory statement toward the one that came in the front door that got out the back door. When actually, when you're pointing the finger of accusation, you've heard it said, there are three fingers pointing back at the one who points the one finger. And the truth of the matter is, the responsibility is that of the church, of the mature believers in the church, to make sure that new believers are taught the Word of God, uh, that they're trained, they're discipled to become good followers of Christ, and to be taught to be a part of ministry. Whenever ministry is to be done, to be a part of that as a part of the local body of believers. So the truth of the matter is, if you make the statement they go out the back door about as quick as they come in the front door, you're saying you did nothing about them not coming back in the front door is to say, I I don't have any blame for that. When the truth of the matter is, we are charged to stay faithful in ministry, to stay faithful and active in the ministries of the church where we have been equipped, called, and agreed to work, that we continue in that work. How seriously do you take the ministry to which God has called you? You say, well, I I don't know what you're talking about. Whatever ministry you have agreed to be a part of in the local church, how seriously do you take that responsibility? As we have studied both in Colossians and Ephesians through the past couple of three weeks, uh, we have been reminded time and time again that God has saved us, that God keeps us saved, And he has placed us in the local body of believers as a member of that body to perform as a part and a member of that body. And we even broke it down looking at the parts of the human body that God uses to help us understand it as the Apostle Paul writes of the church at Ephesus, that we are placed in the body. And he even talks about one part of the body downplaying the importance of another part of the body because they're not as pretty as they are, not as handsome or not as smart. And Paul says it's the the less good-looking parts of the body that you need the most. And we talked about the big toe, that the big toe is something that gives us balance. And, And if you ever have to have your big toe severed, it is a training process. It it is a time of being rehabbed and how to walk and get have balance and so forth because every member of the body is important. And it's true in the body of Christ. Every member of the body is important, has been equipped to serve in that body as a member, has been given the gift to serve, has been given the calling to serve, and is given the charge to serve, 
in whatever capacity that we find ourselves in the local body of believers. As he keeps us, he's placed us in the body to be kept for the edification of the body of Christ. It's not for our own keeping that we can just always feel good and, and be safe. And he, he works in our lives is for the good of the church, for the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the local assembly of believers. We are each to function as a contributing member of the body of the church called the church. We even held, held, hold a, an annual ministry fair that we've not done in the last couple of years, so I guess it's not annual anymore, is it? But we have tried to do that through the years and to get folks more involved in the work of ministry. But I hear the ministry leaders say to me time and time again, I, I can't get them to do anything. They, they said they wanted to be a part of it. And then I hear folks that say they want to be a part of a ministry that said, I've never been called about anything. I, I've never been asked to come to any planning meeting. I've never been asked to participate. And there's been a breakdown of the ministry teams and the ministry team leadership in getting the work done. And we find ourselves just flim-flamming and not getting the ministries accomplished that God has placed Dalrida Baptist Church right here in this community, in this town, in this state to accomplish. We are each to function as a contributing member of that body, of this body. We will continue to try to develop those ministries in the days ahead and even going back to lay some groundwork and new work for those ministries to be up and running and doing well and try our best to get everyone we can involved. But you see, that involves you also. You need to be involved in a ministry, but you need to be involved in charging other church members in kindness and in love to find their place of service and to be in a part of the ongoing ministries of the local church, the Dalreda Baptist Church. It becomes our responsibility as the more mature members of the church. Now, I'm not talking about in age. I'm talking about spiritually mature. Those that have been saved for some time, those that have been in Sunday school, learning the Word of God, those that have been in disciple classes to learn how to minister and to what they ought to be and how to be that in Christ, how to be a part of the local church. It is our responsibility to reach out to others, to lead them, and to help them to grow and understand their gifts, to understand their ministry that God's placed them in this church to be a part of, and to incorporate them in the ongoing work. Let me tell you what. Part of the problem is leadership. Sometimes leadership doesn't know how to be leadership. Sometimes a ministry team leader doesn't know how to be a leader, and so they just start doing everything themselves because they don't know how to get together with other folks. They don't know how to explain what they're to do. They don't know how to organize it. They don't know how to be a ministry team leader. And we're trying to rectify all of that through our ministry team leadership meeting and, and the things we're going to do to try to grow our folks to understand the importance of the role that they have accepted 
in leading in these different ministries. There seems to be a tendency to quit. There seems to be a tendency to give up, not to continue the work to which one has been equipped and called to perform. As a matter of fact, there is an epidemic in the church everywhere in America, especially. There's an epidemic of quitters. Oh, we would never call ourselves quitters. I don't think I could go to anybody in the church and, and ask them uh, why they're not doing that. They wouldn't say, well, I'm just a quitter. We never want to admit or call ourselves quitter. We would find it more comfortable and less accusatory toward, our, toward ourselves to use terms different from that to describe our position. For instance, we hear, well, I've been doing this a while, and I just think I need to take a rest for a while. Could you give me a scripture passage for that statement? Could you give me chapter and verse? book got to be in another one other than this one i just think i i need to take a rest i need to drop out for now i i think someone else should have the turn their turn at doing this well what if god has not placed another member in this body with the call or the gift to do what you've been and what you know that you could do well if you would just put your life to the task. Sometimes we have a tendency to focus on what others are not doing rather than remain focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and his will for our lives and the ministry that we're to be a part of. It. He has equipped us. He has equipped us and called us to ministry. If that's not true, then the book's not true. And the word of God is truth without error. And he tells us that we have been placed in the body as members of the body to function as a member of the body, to fulfill that place in the body that we can have a healthy local body of believers. And so God has put this church together. He has put the folks that are here, here in this church. And he has equipped this church that we can do the ministries that God calls on us in his work to do. To reaching out to others. To helping others grow in their faith. To meeting the needs in the lives of others. To be someone that is a helping hand to others. Someone that is a loving heart to others. He is as a task for us to do as a church in this community. And every person on the roll of this church has been placed in the body. And you probably sitting there, well, I guess I'm just the wart. Well, that's not a member of the body. A wart's not a member of the body. It is something that is attached to the body. It sucks from the body. It's life. And so we're all members, parts, put together in the body of Christ here at Dalrida, it seems to me that a lot of folks, when the schedule gets hectic or conflicting, they cut out the only activity in their life 
that is eternal. They quit what they've been doing in the church. You say, preacher, you act like you're mad. No, I'm not mad at all. I'm just telling you what I see and what the Word says and to help us grow. And I, I know these, the, you're talking about faithful folks that come out while it's snowing here in South Alabama. You know, this is, I know I got the cream of the crop here this morning. That doesn't mean if you're at home that you're not a part of the cream of the crop. I'm just saying I know that's what's here today. And I'm very thankful for that. But you know, we have to do what God's called us to do in order to be a viable church, in order to be a church that will be a church tomorrow. We are where we are today because of those who have come before us, who did not quit, who did not give up, who took the vision that God had given them for a church to be here on this corner that started in a house and then went to that little white building that is no more and then went to that brick chapel over on the other side of the the, the, the campus and then to the gym was their worship center and they had this vision all along that God was going to supply that God was going to use them that God was going to grow a church and, and they worked and they gave them they served all through the years go back to the beginning members and how they reached this community out of a house and grew and grew until they had to have a church building to meet in and how that grew and grew until they have, had to have a larger church building to meet in and, and built Sunday school space and discipleship space and fellowship space. Because God had placed this church and they understood the call of God, they understood the power of God, they understood the desire of God that the church at Dalreda be the church at Dalreda. And that means meeting the needs, reaching out, caring, ministering, teaching, witnessing to, baptizing, growing the members of this community and the and far-reaching community with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul encourages, even admonishes Archippus concerning the ministry that he had been equipped and called to do. And if you don't get anything else out of this series of messages, and especially this one this morning, get this. My desire, my call as the pastor of Dalreda Baptist Church, my charge as the pastor of this church is to equip you, to help you, to lead you, to minister to you, yes, that you may minister to others and together as the local body of believers called Dalreda Baptist Church, we do the work of ministry in this community to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you how important it is. Listen to how Paul began this passage to Archippus. Take Heed, he says. That's a strong warning that means beware. It is a serious matter to neglect the gift of God placed in you for the edification of the church. The gift that you have, if you have the gift of singing, if you have the gift of teaching, if you have the gift of 
praying for others, if you have the gift of encouragement, whatever gift you have to serve, God has you here for the edification of his church, his church, his bride of Christ. And you've been placed here for that purpose. If you have the gift to sing, there's no excuse for not being a part of the music ministry of Dalreda Baptist Church. Because it is received of the Lord. You just didn't get up one morning and say, hmm, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get myself a voice. I'm just going to go somewhere and buy myself a voice where I can sing good. You didn't do that. It was placed in you by God's handiwork. It was placed in you as God's gift to the Dalrater Baptist Church. It was placed in you as a member of the local church that you could function with that voice or function with those fingers playing the piano, the guitar, the drums, or the bass, that you could function playing that instrument, that you could function singing in the choir, that you could function as a member of the church for the glory of Jesus and for the edification of the church. Let me tell you when you know you've done the work is when you get through singing in the choir and the church responds with glory, hallelujah, and claps and carries on and shouts amen. What are they saying to the choir? You did a good job. You tickled my ears. You sure did make me feel good. No, the church is responding. You just lifted my heart. You just lifted my spirits. You have ministered unto me in the name of Jesus. That ought to be a thunderous amen. And that's what you do when you teach a Sunday school class. And that's what you do when you're on the fellowship ministry team. And that's what you do when you're on the church decorating ministry team. How many folks walk in here in December and have for years and years in this building and walk in and go, wow, this is the most beautiful worship center I've ever been in. You know how it gets put up? You know how it gets decorated? By those on the ministry team coming together and working and working and working until everything is perfectly in place. And then they walk out knowing they have done what God has gifted them to do in the local church. Now, that may not be your only gift. There's nowhere that says you just have, just have one gift. But in everything that gets done in the church, when you walk into this place, I know we have paid workers, I understand that, but when you walk into this place and it's clean and it looks nicely, it's because God has used the gift of the two women who work for us and who work day in and day out and, and are part of our church family and the ministry of the church to get it prepared. And when you come in and notice that everything is so in neat, neat and in order and, and looks great, you can just give praise of the Lord. He placed those ministers within the church. He placed those gifts within the church. And we're to function as he has placed us here.
He chose to give you the gift that you have. Not that you chose it, but he chose it. And so it becomes a matter of obedience. Many times we fail to realize that our gifts and our talents are not made to be taken lightly. Why? They're received of the Lord. They're received of the Lord. That's what, that's what Paul says. Look at that to Archippus. See that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. Wow. Thirdly, fulfill it. That's what Paul says to him. Take heed to the ministry you've received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. That doesn't mean a halfway job either. That you may fulfill it. In other words, don't quit. The Lord is encouraging Archippus through Paul to continue, even in difficult circumstances, to continue to do the work to which he had been called to do at Colossae. Don't give up. There's not time to take a break. Don't let down. Keep serving. Now, let me tell you, I want to give you two or three things of why folks quit. Number one, discouragement. Others have been critical of something they've done. Others have been critical by the way they teach or by the way they sing. Secondly, no one else wants to help. I'm tired. I'm doing it all by myself and nobody else wants to help. As though it's all about us to begin with about him being tired or weary in well-doing usually because we are performing rather than serving tired and weary and well-doing because we're just getting up enough energy to do the very best we can and we're performing rather than serving to the glory of Jesus Jesus said, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if we're worn down, if we're tired, if we're weary, there must be another problem. There must be another problem. Maybe you're yoked to the task rather than being yoked to Jesus. Maybe it's the task that weighs you down. Because Jesus said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It won't weigh you down. Maybe you're more concerned about what others expect and what others think than what God expects and what God thinks. 
Several years ago, I used an illustration of pastors becoming discouraged. I used it at a pastor's conference and, and trying to help them to understand some things. But it's about a pastor who pastored in Tennessee. It's a real life story. He became discouraged and he went off the deep end. He just sat and wept and wept and wept and, and most folks refer to that as a nervous breakdown. And the family, the deacons, no one could do anything with him. He was just a wreck. They put him in a treatment center. When questioned and going through the process of getting help and the psychiatrist trying to understand his problem, he, all he would say over and over again, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. I hadn't done a good job. I failed. I'm worthless. And the more the psychiatrist, this is a true story, the more the psychiatrist and the counselors dealt with him, he opened up. He says, I have this recurring dream I can't get rid of. Our church scheduled a hayride. And I was all for that. And I, I got somebody that had a tractor to come. And, and we got a wagon and got hay. And we were having a hayride. And, and we were going on this hayride. And I laid out the, the way we're supposed to go. He says, and we had to go through this shallow little ditch-like thing get from one side to the other on the hayride. And in the middle, the wheels on the truck, on the, excuse me, on the trailer got bogged down in the mud and the tractor couldn't pull it out. He said they were in the middle of the mud in the stream and the people couldn't get off of the wagon. He says, and I get behind that wagon and the tractor's trying to pull and he says, I've put my shoulder to the back of that wagon and I'm pushing and I'm pushing and I'm sweating and I'm grunting and I'm about to pass out. And all the people in the wagon are saying, push, preacher, push, push, preacher, push, push, preacher, push. And he says, I can't push any harder. And he went off the deep end. Maybe you're trying to take care of the whole load. Maybe you think you're the blame. Nobody else is working but you. We're to serve as unto the Lord. It is a sweet fellowship with Jesus that gives us strength in our serving. It is his call and his approval of the way that we serve that gives us the encouragement and the courage to go on and the wherewithal to keep serving. Sometimes you're just tired or weary of well-doing. Third thing, I'm almost through. Sin. You see, a dirty vessel is not comfortable 
and a godly task. Dirty vessel is not comfortable in a clean calling. And a Jesus ministry. Could be there's some dirty vessels. Well, what do we do about it? We come forward with an invitation and tell you about it? No, I don't want to know your dirt. Even if you had some. I see you all as perfect. I really do. You're precious. I love you. But I'll tell you what, unconfessed sin in a believer's life will take the joy And the amazing thing is, all he asks us is that we confess. He says it so simply through the Apostle John. If you will confess your sins, he is faithful to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Still about him, not about us. The last thing that I think that calls, causes people not to fulfill their calling, their ministry, is they focus on the wrong thing. Let me tell you what, preachers are notorious for that. I'll just, I'll just tell you that. We stand in that group so many times. We're focused on the task rather than on the person. Focused on the task rather than being focused on Jesus in our lives and his will in our lives. What are you focused on? Well, I got to go to that meeting. Well, I got to go do this. I told them I would. Wouldn't it make a world of difference in your life and in mine? Instead, we say, all right, Jesus, I'm ready to go do what you call me and equip me to do. I'm excited to do it in your house, in your body, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, don't quit. Don't give up. Archippus, keep on serving. Lord Jesus, thank you for the reminder of your word that you have saved us, you have called us, you have equipped us. We are without excuse. Lord, help us to be faithful. Help this church to be faithful in the days to come, in the membership, to give of themselves time and time again, over and over, week after week, month after month, year after year, giving ourselves to the Lord's ministry that you may say, well pleased, that you may say, well done in your pleasure with our serving. Lord, teach us. Help us grow. Help us to be obedient. And you use us. In the calling you've given us, 
with a gift you've given us. In Jesus' name.